Ivan Darren. About to drop another one of those top five things joints on you. It's a review of what we got done on our morning show, which I'd love to remind you, you can hear every weekday. What do you think of that? 5.30 until 10 a.m., friends. This, this is the best of the best. The this best is... of the best. That's the idea. <laughs> this is... Dave and Darren in its most concentrated form are the top five things. Now, we present them numerically, but that doesn't mean that number one we think is the best. No. Sometimes There's no rhyme. Is... There's no reason. No, right, right. Just we, we just find that counting from one to five is, uh, is a fun way to kind of break up the, the, the show, the podcast. So uh, now that I've given away that secret, uh-huh. should we get right into it? Yes, with number one. Love it. Number one. Everybody has bad days at the office. Uh, what you don't want is a bad day at the office when you're a professional sword swallower. But that's what happened mm. to Murrigan the Mystic. <laughs> he is a well-known sword swallower who says a mishap during his act yeah. nearly killed him during a Halloween performance. Murrigan the Mystic. Anybody got a cough drop? <laughs> this is... <laughs> I could use a lozenge. <laughs> I really could. Scott Nelson is Murrigan the Mystic's uh, real name. Murrigan the Mystic, this will shock you, is a stage name, mm. not his given name at birth. He was performing at the Six Flags of America Amusement Park near Washington, D.C. That's a good gig. Uh, you would think so. I got the Halloween gig at Six Flags. Uh, he was doing his, uh, his act when something went horribly, horribly wrong. He says uh, he was swallowing five swords at once. But when he let the bunch, he let go of the bunch of swords too soon, and his words, they scissored out Ugh. inside oh. of me, which means the blades went in different directions. Oh. <laughs> Legendary San Diego sword swallower, still in the hospital with a slashed abdominal cavity as well as a pierced liver. How about you stop doing this? Yeah, it's a hell of a way to make a living, isn't it? First responders had to be called to the scene there at Six Flags How do you ever first practicing that? How do you first practice that? Sword swallowing? Yeah. I don't know. You know, like you start with hot dogs? I was or? just going to say a hot dog would make more sense. Although uh, people are not going to show up at Six Flags to watch you stick uh, five hot dogs. Well, maybe they would. Yeah, speak for yourself. Maybe they would. Speak for yourself. I'm there. Here's the, the, the CBS News in San Diego with more on Murrigan the Mystic. Sword Swallower is alive and talking tonight, a month after something went wrong in a performance. Scott Nelson, who goes by Murrigan the Mystic, was doing his act at an amusement park in Washington, D.C. last month when swords he swallowed sliced his esophagus, pierced uh. his liver, and damaged the lung. He was in a medically induced coma for weeks, and doctors didn't think he would survive. So what had happened is I was performing at the park, and uh, I swallowed five swords at once. Oh. But what had happened is I let go of the bunch too soon, and they scissored out inside of me, which means some of the blades went in different directions. 
Murug on the Mystic has been performing his act for decades. He's been featured in Ripley's Believe It or Not and performed across the country. He says he's eager to get back to work, but will now remove sword swallowing from his act. Well, isn't well that wait a minute. That's, that's the whole act. What are you going to do? I'm a sword swallower. I don't do that anymore, though. Uh, you can see in my hand a deck of cards. Ordinary deck of cards. What are you going to do now? Juggle bowling balls? I'm going to chew gum. <laughs> That's about all, all I'm medically cleared to do. Be amazed as I put three pieces of bubble yum in my mouth. Going to enjoy this warm cup of tea. Oh, my God. With honey. I'm, they're showing this guy's wounds. I mean, it looks oh. like the sword's came out of him oh, from the inside. Cringeworthy. Yeah. Yeah. First responders called to the scene there at Six Flags of America. I don't even know. How How do you even train for that as a, a first responder? I don't know that you do. Uh, Josh Bowren is the production manager for the production company that staged the show at Six Flags. Uh, they say, He says here... It was not for an accident during the show, but rather for unrelated health reasons. <laughs> so this guy was transported to an area hospital in serious but not life-threatening condition. I don't know about that. Yeah, he was in a coma for a month. He's got a GoFundMe page now to uh, assist him financially while he recovers. I'd like to help, but I'm not going to. <laughs> no, I know. You can't help everybody. No. Yeah, you, you look at the pictures on social media, there are numerous wounds and contusions and stitches all over this guy's body. He frequently referred to himself as the most dangerous man in show business. To himself? And ace of, <laughs> ace of swords. He is the only man in the world known to have swallowed a rocket-powered sword. That seems like a mistake, too. He says he practices transcendental meditation. Quote, I can stop my heart, lower my heart rate, blood pressure. I deal with the pain of my act by doing the meditation, prayer, and relaxation technique. The only person I really need to guard against is myself. <laughs> I am my own worst enemy. <laughs> I'm, uh, and it's not even close. Right? Have I, from time to time, engaged in some self-sabotage? I have, as I take a look at my life. But... I've never put a sword inside my body and then added four more swords. Uh, no. Give me that, would you? I guess we can give you that. Uh, Nelson says he could not eat for a month, and he's now out of work and probably won't be able to work for some time. It blows me away that, that, that he's even able to say, I can't wait to get back to work. But I'm not doing this again. No. <laughs> no. Ladies and gentlemen, I am uh, Murugan the Mystic. I'm thinking of a number between one and three. No, I'll be taking your tickets now <laughs> at uh, Six Flags. <laughs> hey, Murugan, somebody puked outside the tilt-a-wheel. You got need it. You, need you to go clean that up. You got it, boss. And try not to swallow the broom, weirdo. Happy to do it. Why is he always so happy to clean up puke at the Because he's not swallowing swords anymore. <laughs> look at it. Look, 
at the grin on Murrigan the Mystic's face uh-huh. as he mops up that puke. Employee of the month again. <laughs> two. 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 Christmas song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. The Andy Williams tune. You know the song, right? Yeah. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap- happiest season of all with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the hap- happiest season of all. There's a line in Doesn't this. did he mention a ghost? That's, the, that's where I'm going with this. There's a line that always kind of troubled me. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories <laughs> and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. I could never wrap my head around the idea of scary ghost stories at Christmas. And then the more I thought about it, I assumed that Andy Williams was referencing a Christmas carol. Yes. Because Ebenezer Scrooge is famously visited by three ghosts. Yes. Well, four ghosts, if you count Jacob Marley, and I think you should. So that must be what he's talking about, right? right. Well, as it turns out... No, that's not necessarily what he's talking about. All right, what because is he talking about? Because the reason about? A Christmas Carol, which was first published in 1843, features ghosts is it used to be the tradition that on Christmas you would just sit around and share ghost stories. Yeah. That's much more of a Halloween thing these days. But in the old Christmases long ago, as Andy Williams tells us, there'll be scary ghost stories. That's what they would do. Reading here from a humorist, Jerome K. Jerome, who wrote in his 1891 book, Told After Supper, quote, Whenever five or six English-speaking people meet around a fire on Christmas Eve, they start telling each other ghost stories. Nothing satisfies us on Christmas Eve but to hear each other tell authentic antidotes about specters. It is a genial, festive season, and we love to muse upon graves and dead bodies, and murders, and blood. Really? Yeah, this is, I guess, something that we used to do. It's not a Christmas until you sit around and tell each other scary ghost stories. Creepy, spooky ghost stories. I guess I'm pretty pleased that that's not something that we do these days. Is that part of your tradition? No. All right, before we open the gifts... It was on this very night. I was making out with someone, and then there was a hook in the car door. It was Resurrection Mary! I was making out with someone. She was a ghost! And she ghosted me. Literally. So, ghost stories. Maybe that's something people bring back. Is it something you've ever done in your uh, your holiday no. Uh, traditions? No, but it could be part of uh, the Quickmas tradition. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and tell a ghost story, but make it quick. <laughs> Christmas is an odd hybrid of different traditions, including an old uh, Celtic tradition, and, and, and that's kind of where Halloween comes in, and the idea of Halloween and Christmas being closely associated... It, it never occurred to me that that's the case. And maybe that's why Halloween decorations come up so fast after uh, 
or Christmas decorations come up so quickly after Halloween because they're essentially for some people the same holiday. I have a story here of a young woman who claims that she can see and talk to ghosts and that her boyfriend's dead grandmother is constantly dancing around her. That would drive you nuts. She describes herself as psychic-ish. What if she was, like, tap dancing around her? (laughs) That would drive you bonkers. Take the shoes off, dead grandma. God almighty. Uh, Her name is Lydia Thomas. She's 28 years old. And she says she can talk to ghosts and often sees her boyfriend's dead grandmother... Who is he again? ...dancing around. What kind of relationship do they have? Oh, (laughs) Yes, well, this is this is Lydia. Yeah, Lydia. And, and it's her boyfriend. Yeah. He was my boyfriend! Right. Still is. Still is. <laughs> she says she started seeing ghosts when she was eight years old when her grandmother, who died before she was born, appeared in her bedroom doorway. Lydia continued to see fleeting images of her own dead grandmother, but kept her new power secret until she finally plucked up the courage to tell her family when she was 10. As a teen, she was terrified. Here I see things. <laughs> terrified of the spirits she saw and struggled to sleep after she felt a hand stroking her face. Yeah, that would mess you And up. you saw this? She says after experiencing a concussion, she began to control the spirits and started to feel comforted by them rather than scared. Now she often sees her boyfriend Daniel's grandmother, Dot, who passed away in February of 2019. Dot will sing and dance for her. Due to her apparent gift, Lydia will do psychic readings for close family members, but she refuses to do them for anyone else. She lives with her boyfriend Daniel in Vancouver, Canada. And she says here, I was terrified when I first saw my grandma. I thought I was just dreaming as a kid. I didn't really know what I was experiencing, and I was really scared. I had dreams about a little girl and heard her voice saying, I'm Amy. The spirits developed over the years, but if I see them, it's as if I'm in a memory. It's like a burned-out image of someone. I can see my boyfriend's grandma winking at me. But he's really supportive of experiences. I tell you what, if you see the ghost winking, you better stop drinking. Could you be with someone who was constantly seeing your dead grandmother dance around? I would think that would make parts of your relationship problematic. Is she here right now? Don't tell me she's here right now. Get her out of here. She's going to see stuff. Lydia first saw the ghost of her father's mom, her grandmother, when she was eight years old in 2001. Uh, She says, she passed away before I was born, and one night I saw this young woman in a wedding dress in the doorway. She came over and kissed me on the forehead. I realized later that it was my grandma when I saw a photo from her wedding. She continued to see fleeting images of her grandmother, but didn't pick up the courage to tell anyone until she was 10. I was terrified, she says. Put the covers over my head so it would go away. When she was 14 years old, she remembers feeling a hand stroke her face. When she got older, she could control them by telling them to go away so they wouldn't bother her at night. 
She says, I hadn't realized I could control them and just tell them to go away when I was younger. Once I had the concussion, the spirits left me alone, and then two weeks later, I saw my boyfriend's grandma. But she seemed really comforting and loving, so it didn't seem scary anymore. I realized she looked like Daniel's mom, and I wondered if maybe it was his grandma, so I asked her for her name, and it turned out it was her. I think Daniel, my boyfriend, was a bit freaked out, but he's very supportive, and he doesn't think I'm crazy. He likes it. Dot is such a character. She dances and sings and winks at me. She is a laugh. The boyfriend is, it says here, very supportive of Lydia and her psychic abilities. I just... Whatever it takes. I don't know. I think that would be a deal breaker. What if you break up with somebody, but then the grandma just is constantly bothering them? You know what I'm saying? Like that you're dead. Now that would be enough. We're not going out L- anymore, no, Dot. Listen, I put up with it. I put up with it when uh, you know we had an arrangement. But now, oh no! But now, leave me alone. Like if your dead grandmother bothered your ex girlfriend. Yeah, and she's always would... calling you and bugging you about it. Could you please? No, this isn't. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> This ends now. She's dancing and winking around me again. No. I. No, she doesn't. I'm glad we agreed to uh, remain friends. Would you please come and get your dead grandmother's ghost? She's driving me crazy. Okay, I'm going to come over and get her. Here we go. I got her. She's not soup. What did you just do there? Yeah. What, did you just suck her up like that? Yeah, I just inhaled her. (laughs) She'll leave you alone now. She's in my tummy. (laughs) Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got grandma on my tummy. Here, I'm going to put her in the trap. Uh-huh. There you go. Get her! Yeah, we got her. Don't cross the streams! All right, grandma, you got to get in the box. You just got ghost busted. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> okay. I love the idea that you break up with her and the grandma is just still bothering her all the time. No, she's not. She's not. Oh, Dot, you are a cutoff. Number three. 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 A mom of five brushed off her daughter's advice not to get her eyeballs tattooed. And now she's losing her vision. Tattooing your eyeballs? What? Anaya Peterson, a law student, was in awe of an Australian model named Amber Luke who tattooed her eyeballs a vivid blue. Now, it's worth pointing out that Amber Luke tattooed her eyeballs a vivid blue and went blind three weeks later. Just trying to follow her lead. Ah, She looks so great, though. I I gotta have that look. She's an influencer. Despite Luke getting her vision back, the model got her vision back, this 32-year-old mother of five might lose her eyesight for good. She says, quote, I was just going to get one eye done at first because I thought that if I go blind, at least I'll have the other eye. And I should have stuck with that. You know, hindsight is 2020. If I had it to do over again, I thought there's a good chance I'll go blind. I'll just do the one eye. I finally get what they say. Hindsight is twenty twenty. 
My daughter told me that I didn't want to do that tattoo, asking, what if you go blind? She wasn't on board with it at all. Now she wishes she would have listened to her seven-year-old daughter, who has far more sense than she does. Clearly. Uh, This woman is hospitalized now by the eyeball modification after a potential reaction to the ink. And uh, she claims she's at risk for developing cataracts. Yeah. Cha. Uh, Yeah. She says here, uh, I don't have 20-20 vision anymore. From a distance, I can't see features on faces. If I didn't have my eyeballs tattooed, I wouldn't be having this problem. No, I suppose. You got that right. I suppose you wouldn't. Even today, she says, I woke up with more floaters in my eyes, and that is dangerous. She's always going to have this problem because you can't remove tattoo ink from your eyes. I I have so many questions that I don't want to even ask. It says, her harrowing tattoo tale did not have such a rocky beginning. I'm reading in the uh, New York Post here. For months... After tattooing her right eye blue back in July of 2020, she had no complications. Despite suffering from some dryness and some headaches, she opted to tattoo her other eyeball purple. So one is blue and the other is purple. That's a good look. Can't you just get, like, colored contacts? Yeah, but this isn't the eyeball. This isn't the eye, the the pupil. This is the eyeball. This is the white of your eyes that you're tattooing. But I, I... what you're saying makes tremendously more sense than what this woman ended up doing. In August of 21, things took a turn for the worst, and she woke up one day with incredibly swollen eyelids that looked like she had gone five rounds with Mike Tyson. Here's a photo, Darren. And, oh, uh, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. As the symptoms worsened, she decided to check herself into the hospital, where doctors gave her intravenous medication for three days and they did a biopsy on her eye. She says here, quote, I just wanted to be at home watching TV, to be honest. I can't even put it into words. It wasn't nice at all whatsoever. It was traumatizing to go through, and I just remember thinking, I'm not doing that again. (laughs) With the eye tattoo, I'm definitely not doing that again. Mm No, would you? Yeah, she regrets the decision to tattoo the whites of her eyes in the first place. Quote, I'm kind of recovered on the outside. It's recovered. It's just inside. I'm basically on the verge of going blind. If I could go back in time, I would have done one eye black and left it. I would have done one eye black, absolutely, she says. Or how about you just leave everything alone? Yeah, maybe maybe there's parts of your body that are meant to be tattooed and, and parts that are not. How about you get a tattoo anywhere else? Like everywhere else! Anywhere else. There's not another place on your body that would make less sense than your eyeball. She says, despite the grim outlook, she remains positive in the face of negative comments she receives online. Quote, I tell my daughter not to care about the opinions of someone else because they're just ordinary people like you. You have positive comments and negative comments, but the negative comments always overshadow the positive ones. Yeah, I'm excited because my seven-year-old's learning how to read, and uh, and I have her read all the negative comments about what a dummy I am to tattoo my eyeballs. Read those out loud to me. I can't read on account of how I'm blind. A 
according to the inspiration for these eyeballs uh, getting tattooed, that's the Australian influencer, this, uh, this Amber Luke, an eyeball tattoo should never result in blindness if it's done correctly. When uh, this, art, this uh, influencer lost her vision for three weeks, she says, unfortunately, my artist went too deep into my eyeball. If your eyeball procedure's done correctly, you're not supposed to go blind at all. What? 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 I don't know where I heard this. Yeah. But I don't think it was us talking about it. Hmm. About things that tattoo artists don't want to do or won't do. You would think this would be at the top of the list. (laughs) Yeah. That's not what you sign up for. I, I just, I, I don't understand any of this. Yeah, I've got some regrets. I should have just gone blind in one eye to look cool. Number four. 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 There's a Olive Garden manager yeah, in Overland I, Park, Kansas. I saw a little bit of this. Who is no longer working at the Olive Garden. You know, when you're here, you're family. Unless you pull what this Olive Garden manager pulled. Uh, she wrote an email basically ranting oh, to... Oh, it was a she. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, saying, this is this is not acceptable, you people calling in sick. It's not happening anymore. It's a rant to her employees at her Overland Park restaurant there in Kansas. She was upset about the staggering rate at which staff were calling off work. Not... The best look. I get, uh, I get it, but this isn't going to help. Mm. <laughs> she she let people know that there will no be no longer be any excuses for not coming into work. It's not going to be tolerated. Family emergencies, illnesses, pets dying, all of it. I don't care. If your dog dies, you better bring the dead dog in no, that's, for, that's, for me to see. That's literally what she says here. I know. If, quote, if I your dog it. died... You need to bring him in and prove it to us. If you're sick, you need to come prove it to us. I don't know in the restaurant you're business. You're going to get everybody you, sick. I think in the restaurant business, especially, you don't want sick people showing up for work. And uh, she's actually bragging about how she's sick all the time at work. Airborne pathogens. <laughs> Attention all, capital A L L, attention all team members. Our call-offs are occurring at a staggering rate. From now on, if you call off, you might as well go out and look for another job. We are no longer tolerating any excuse for calling off. If you're sick, you need to prove it to us. If your dog died, you need to bring him in and prove it to us. If it's a family emergency, in quotes, and you can't say, too bad, go work somewhere else. If you only want morning shifts, too bad, go work at a bank. If anyone from here on out calls out more than once in the next 30 days, you will not have a job. Do you know in my 11 and a half years at Olive Garden how many days I called off? Zero. I came in sick. I got in a wreck literally on my way to work one time. Airbags went off and my car was totaled. But you know what? I made it to work and on time. There are no more excuses. Us collectively as a management team, have had enough. If you don't want to work here, don't. It's as simple as that. If you're here and you want to work, then work. No more complaining about being cut or not being able to leave early. You're in the restaurant business. Do you think I want to be here until midnight on Friday and Saturday? 
No, I'd much rather be at home with my husband and dog, going to the movies or seeing family, but I don't. My alive dog. I'm I'm dedicated to being here, as should you. No more excuses or complaints. I hope you choose to continue to work here, and I think we, the management team, make it as easy as we can on y'all. Thank you for your time, and thank you to those who come in every day on time and work hard. I wish there were more like you. Yeah, so all of this talk about, you know, we don't need you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire you if you call in sick. Guess who got fired? This Olive Garden manager is now looking for work. Do you have any idea how many different diseases I've spread through the spaghetti and meatballs? Do you know how many times I've gotten half of Overland Park, Kansas sick by coughing on breadsticks? It's like a weekly occurrence. Yeah. Darden Restaurants is the parent company of Olive Garden, and they say they have parted ways with this manager. Quote, we strive to provide a caring and respectful work environment for our team members. This message is not aligned with our company's values. We can confirm we have parted ways with this manager. And I bet the manager was saying, well, I thought I'd get an accommodation <laughs> for this. <laughs> Telling people I had to Do come Do you know how many times time. I've coughed on the endless pasta bowl? Do you think they call me Typhoid Mary? Do you think that's fun for me? Oh, you can me? eat salad? Do you know how many times I'll come into work with a raging flu and put all the meatballs in my mouth before I put them on a plate? <laughs> you have any Do idea? you have any idea how many times I've sent people to the emergency room? Now, if I lived in Overland Park, Kansas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd be going to that Olive Garden today. Why? Why do you think? Just to get it, just to enjoy the vibe. Yeah, I bet they're thrilled that she's gone. Yeah, probably right? a bunch of big smiles on everyone's faces. Abundanza. Five, five, five. Number five. There's a Burger King customer sharing a hack to get free food. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, this has some people outraged. She says, if you want to get free food from anywhere, all you have to do is tell the employees. You'll drive around their drive-thru a couple of times. Just say, hey, I'll drive around your drive-thru a couple of times for free food. And it works, at least in the videos that she's posting. Well, the why is interesting. Because why would you give away free food to somebody for just driving around your drive-thru? At chains like Burger King... If you're an employee, you're timed on how long it takes to fulfill an order. From the moment customers pull up to the speaker to when they drive off with their food. The specific criteria varies between restaurants, but the idea is the same. If you move fast, regardless of what's happening behind the scenes, or whether the customer is causing a delay, or or you'll get in trouble. So what she's doing by offering to drive around a few times... Mm -hmm helps the worker at the window improve their average and takes stress off of them if they end up having a car that moves slowly at another point in their shift. By driving around, you're helping their score. And then you just drive up, they throw some food at you, you drive around again, they throw some more food at you. You're doing them a favor, and they're giving you free food. That seems really shady. I I mean... 
I don't know that it's 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 not in the terms of uh, you know what I'm willing to do for free food. Not something I would do. Listen, here's the thing: if I'm working a drive-through, yeah, and I'm not doing it fast enough for yeah. you, yeah, we got a problem. <laughs> Burger King in Japan. This isn't going to work out very well for everyone. Let's let's all temper our expectations. Let's, exactly. <laughs> let's just all relax a tiny bit. Your times aren't you know, really great. Are, uh, they're not. Well, okay. Well, I w- this is not the Olympics, so I'm not going <laughs> to. Here's what I can control. The Burger King in Japan, by the way, is uh, releasing something they call the Winter Whopper. Are you intrigued? Oh, yes. What are we talking about? The Winter Whopper, uh, something you could try and replicate here at home. Uh, The idea is it's a Whopper that includes Gouda cheese and spicy hot sauce. That's in Japanese Burger Kings as of today. Nothing wrong with that. The Winter Whopper. I don't mind that at all. Earlier this year in August, when things were so hot in Japan, uh, Burger King released the Icy Whopper, which is a Whopper that comes with a layer of shaved ice on the top. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just have a drink, please. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that that. People went nuts for it. I guess they love to have a little shaved ice on top of their hamburger sandwich. Helps any of us. I made last night for a a little snack. Yeah. Uh, I heated up a a big pretzel. You can get big pretzels at the store. Yeah. So I made a a big damn pretzel. A little snacky snack, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little little, little family pretzel time. And uh, I got the thing out and I basted it with butter and I. Judiciously sprinkled the uh, salt that they provide all over it, mm-hmm. and then I thought, well, what to do for the dipping? I got just uh, mustard. Well, that's what we, this is what I wanted. I wanted to to do a, a whole presentation because uh, I'm so a weirdo you, like this. So you were giving all kinds of options. Yeah, well, I got I got bochis, obviously. Now you didn't do this for your father-in-law and almost kill him, did you? No, no, no. This was <laughs> this was just my immediate family last night. I, I had bochis because I thought yeah, would work. I thought with everybody being all stuffed up, that some yeah. medicinal bochis would work. Good call, right? Uh, then I also got some cheese and, and put it in the. I got some uh, some cheese dip and, yes. and, and heated it up. Just warm that. I up really. A little bit. I've got to figure out uh, uh, something else to do for beer cheese, though. That's that's something I'm I'm going to work on for next time. But then I came up with a, a mustard creation. That I was really proud of. And that was? Well, I'm going to share the recipe with you. Easy Jack White. Uh, no, I, I, th- this is, it was a game changer. It was maybe the best mustard I've ever had on a pretzel mm. in my life. Bogies mixed with something? No. No? No. But I did do, do a little bit of potion mixing. Uh-huh. All right. So my kid... Wants McNuggets every uh, all all the time. He likes McNuggets, but he doesn't like the dipping sauces. But here's the thing: you're paying for those dipping sauces, so I'll order dipping sauces, yes, and, and then we them. just we just keep them in the uh, in the kitchen, right? Does he dip them in ketchup or just yeah. dry? Just ketchup. Just he ketchup. likes ketchup, but like they give you two yes. dipping sauces. Yes, yes. So, so give me. I will stock up on those. Yes. So here's what I did: two McDonald's packets of honey mustard. Yeah. And then I cut it with one packet of McDonald's hot mustard. Mm. Then just a little tiny bit of yellow mustard 
mixed it all up. And that worked real well. Huh? It was dynamite. Although it's problematic because I'm doing a little research this morning and I'm discovering that McDonald's actually discontinued the hot mustard in 2014. They haven't made hot mustard since 2014. That sounds about right. Well, you can get hot mustards elsewhere. I'm going to have to. And I'm looking at some copycat recipes. I still have one. There is one more hot mustard in my... It's uh, only eight years old. My cadre of... It was fine. Yeah, well, mustards are going to last quite a while. Mustards don't go bad? Mm, not saying that. Hmm. Yeah, hot mustard, every once in a while, you can find it in the wild. There, there, there are people who dedicate their lives to going to McDonald's to find this hot mustard. Find it in the wild. That's what I'm telling you. I have one more left, and I'm wondering maybe I should sell it on eBay if people are going to go this crazy for it. So, yeah, a little honey mustard, a little hot mustard. It was fantastic. It's, it's got bite, but it doesn't clear you out. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not too hot. It's McDonald's hot. Hot mustard taken away as a nationwide option in 2014. <laughs> Sitting there eating eight-year-old mustard and feeling real pleased with myself. Yeah, pretty proud of this. Look at that. I've created, I've created my own proprietary mustard. It's two McDonald's honey mustards and one McDonald's hot mustard. Look at me. I'm like a time traveler. You know what I'm going to be? Uh, I, I think I'm going to make my fortune in the mustard game now. Because I have created... Something marvelous for pre for pretzels. If anyone has a, a beer cheese uh, recipe that works for them, uh, hook me up, would you? On the Dave and Darren text line at 470-23-NACHO. Because the, the cheese didn't really work as well as it could have. Mm. And uh, you know me, I'm wild about pretzels. I love them. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. Well, yeah, that yeah. It's was... It's all over, all right. It was a journey that we all went on together. Thanks for doing it with us. Thanks for listening to it, subscribing to it, leaving a review, all of that. It's greatly appreciated. Remember, it's not the journey that's important. It's the destination. <laughs> Not sure that's right. What's that? That's it for the Top 5 Things podcast. We'll have another one for you soon. Until we get a chance to do it for you again, hang loose, kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad City. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Davin Ford, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on. And it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off! Turn it off! Stand clear of the closing doors, please.